Good evening, everybody. Uh, welcome to our Wednesday night study in the book of Romans. And uh, we had a lot more, we have a lot more lessons here than the book of Hebrews, but we're already halfway, uh, almost. Welcome, welcome. We, we would like to also welcome everyone by who has joined this uh, live stream via social media. And as usual, I would also like to greet my Macedonian friends, uh, wherever they may be. So, na svite makedonci, bisakala ve pozdravim i da vi se zahvalim ako ste slučajno vključeni vo ovoj živ prenos. Gospodave blagoslovi. We uh, are in lesson uh, 14, as I said, entitled uh, The Power of Sin Within. The book of Genesis details the creation account of all of the all-knowing, all-powerful sovereign God. When God reaches his crowning creative act, the formation of human life, his wording changes from the impersonal let there be to the deliberate and intimate expression let us make man in our own image after our likeness. Since we understand that God is invisible, the above statement may sound contradictive, but I assure you it's not. When God said, let us make man in our image, what I'm trying to say is, if God is a spirit, so uh, when God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness, he was not referring to his physical presence, obviously but rather to his characteristics. God is a spirit. Let us review the divine attributes of the characteristics of God. Other than the fact that God is perfect, immutable, transcending, non-physical, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, merciful, and just, the two most prevailing characteristics of God are love and holiness. When Adam and Eve had sinned by disobeying the only commandment given to them by God, they forfeited these two characteristics through out, though outwardly they remained the same. Inwardly, they died. They were alienated from God and later succumbed to the sin that entered within and its power. In the seventh chapter of the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul talks of the power of sin within him to the point that he exclaims or cries out suddenly in anger and pain, oh, what a wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me 
from the body of this death. But immediately after, he thanks God for the victory that is in Christ. He said, I thank God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul experienced sanctification. Bishop Child Pentecost told a funny story one time about uh, baptism, how this preacher would preach on baptism all the time. And uh, uh, the congregation was overwhelmed, you know, he would preach on baptism every Sunday. So they gave him a title to preach on. He says, and they said, preacher, we want you to preach that the axe is laid uh, to the root. And uh, he struggled all night. And finally, he came to church uh, Sunday morning and opened up. And he says, it was quite a battle. It was, uh, he, I said, I wrestled and with God and Finally, he said, uh, well, you could see, that, plainly see, that they wanted to clear some trees, dig a hole there, and fill it up with water so they can baptize people. <laughs> that was just a little funny. I have, uh, the, uh, I have said before behind this pulpit that if it was up to me, just like that preacher that preached on baptism, I would preach on sanctification. Sanctification will make your Christian life a lot more easier. Very, very much easier. Sanctification is all about putting to death the sinful nature that we inherit through Adam and Eve. It is only through sanctification by the blood of Jesus, which he shed on the cross, can we be restored in a state of holiness? There is no other way to be holy before God except be, to be sanctified by the blood of Jesus. And it's, uh, it is also known as the second def, definite work of grace. The process, once again, the process of sanctification crucifies the old sinful nature we inherited through Adam and Eve and restored us back into fellowship with God the Father. Brother Bob, why, you might ask, Brother Bob, why are you placing such emphasis on sanctification? I do because, first of all, it's God's will. 1 Thessalonians 4.3, this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality. Second, Hebrews 12, 14 says, Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. There you have it. Of all that we have to contend or struggle with, all the, all the sin in this world that we, that we uh, battle against, and verbal offenses, the, the, uh, the immorality and everything. Remember King David. Uh, 
he was offended by, uh, I forget his name now, and yet he let it go, and he said, let him rail against me, the Lord may see this and have mercy on me. So what I'm trying to say is, remember, uh, if any man, the Bible says, if any man does not offend in word, the same is a perfect man and is able to bridle his entire body. In conclusion, I'd like to quote 1 Peter 3.18, but grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to whom be glory both now and forever. The paradoxical nature of the Christian life, in other words, we struggle on a daily basis we are, as long as we are in this world, we'll, uh, we'll have to fight against sin. That's for sure. The paradoxical nature of the Christian life uh, uh, bewilders some converts who expect their new life in Christ to be characterized by serenity and uh, uninterrupted victories. We know that's not so. Yes, we do have peace with God. We are no longer hostile towards Him. And we do walk in His grace. He has given us a new nature through the sanctifying power of the blood of Jesus. However, we are not instantly made perfect. Instead, as our nature grows, God changes us in a day-by-day -day process. Just as sin has affected every part of us, every part of us must be transformed. Okay, we got it. We're going to have to go to the questions now. And the first questions. Uh, from Romans chapter 7, verse 13, sin's true nature. In the interaction between sin and the law, what became clear to Paul about? First, under A, the law. Go ahead, brother. Lay. Take the mic. Take the mic. It must be not it must become a cause for death. Who law did not become a cause for death. I believe you said this is not not become the uh, a cause for death. All right. Anyone else? He said that, uh, basically he said that the law is holy. Um, and that there's nothing wrong with the law. The problem is him. Okay. Under, under B, uh, once again, in the interaction between sin and the law, what became clear to Paul about, we already answered the law, and what about sin? Go ahead, brother. 
Anyone else? Brother Paul, Dave? Uh, Paul also wanted uh, that sin be recognized as sin. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the law exposes what sin is. And uh, also that sin would become exceeding sinful. Sinful, yes, yes, that's I right. Mean, it's, it's serious business. I mean, it's, it's an offense to God. And uh, so we need to recognize sin or sin and and that sin, when we look at it, it would become even more sinful than what we maybe previously thought. Amen. That's good, Brother Dave. Sin is what produced death in Paul, in the Apostle Paul's, and the law amplified sin, so sin may be seen for what it is. Utterly dark. Question number two. Where did Paul place the blame for what he saw happen to him under A. The question again, who did Paul place the blame on? He put the blame on sin, not the law. As the pastor said, uh, or some, it was said, uh, the law... There was no, you know, the law was good. And, and, and it brought about the knowledge of sin. So he did not, he did not, he did not blame the law. He blamed sin, not the law. In, in B, according to verse 13, did he find any fault with the law? Yes, brother. No, he did not. That's correct. Rather, go, is he done? Uh, rather, he was glad that the law exposed sin so he could recognize it. Yeah, amen. In Romans 7, 14 through 15, the resulting conflict. According to verse 14, what is the basis of Paul's inner conflict? How do you express this in your own words? We all struggle in our walk with God, and Paul did too. So in your own words, how would you uh, express this? Yes. Yeah, amen. Yes, brother. Grab the mic there, brother. It says in Scripture that he was sold into the bondage. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. Number five, number five, how specifically would you describe the nature of inner conflict as you have experienced it or any, any of us have experienced it? Go ahead, brother. Make sure you grab the mic. Brother Bob? Yes, brother. Uh, my answer to that question is uh, I found myself many times going, what was I thinking? Yeah. yeah. No, like, <laughs> I know right from wrong. <laughs> and, you know, I can think logically at times, but there are times I just, I just, I don't know, I slipped through the cracks. And I'm, and I'm like looking back and going, how can I write? You know, made such a decision. Yeah, that's, you know, that's and I'm, true. I'm, I'm sure we've all been there. Yeah. You know, uh, and and that and that's part of the struggle. That's frustrating too. Yeah. That's that's what Paul experienced. He experienced frustration, and uh, I have talked to many people that you know when they caught they get caught in the conflict uh, with with. And, and sin, uh, they experience frustration. It's very frustrating because um, it, you have to be somewhat uh, mature in your Christian walk to really experience that frustration. Because once again, just like Paul you, and like Brother Dave said, you, we catch ourselves in a situation that, what was I thinking? Exactly, brother. That was very good. Thank you. What purpose did God have in mind for us in identifying with Jesus' death, this is question number six, and his resurrection? Yes, sir. Thank you, brother. It shows we need to die to sin, the old life, right? And rise up with Jesus through salvation, baptism, and sanctification. Amen. I like that. That's right. Anybody else? Also, Brother Bob, when we die to the power of sin, mm -hmm. we can rise up by the power of Christ. Amen. So so we're not left to our own devices. You know, we have help. We have an inner power through Christ uh, that we can <laughs> we can do better. Amen. Romans six four. For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism, and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, we too may walk in newness of life. That's what's 
Romans 6, 4 says. Uh, question number seven. For further study from uh, Psalms 51, 1 through 12, what words describes God's nature and the hope a repentant person can have in him even when trapped in sin? Brother Late, please. Praise God. Praise God. Amen to that. Anyone else? Since God has, is not willing that any should perish, He will deliver anyone who cries out to Him. This is the, mo this is the wonderful thing about Him. Yeah, but just because we uh, sometimes... Uh, make mistakes and sometimes fall into sin uh, that is not the reason to just throw everything uh, throw your hands up in the air and give up this is the wonderful thing about grace that we can come before Christ for the forgiveness of sin and, and, and receive it by faith and carry on I think that's wonderful. Pastor? No, I didn't say Okay. <laughs> I, I, I thought you wanted the screen to read the thing. Going to Romans chapter 7, verses 16 through 18, sin at work. Paul concludes the law is good in Romans 7, 16. How would you explain his conclusion? Sometimes these questions... <laughs> The way they are worded, they're not the easiest to answer. But Brother Ernie and I agree on that. But the question is, Paul concludes that the law is good. How would you explain his conclusion? Could we read it out loud? Sure. Mm-hmm. That was question number eight. Question number nine. What did Paul identify as the cause of his shortcomings? I don't... Can I say something here, Pastor? 
I don't know about you, but I, like Dave said, we've all experienced uh, that, you know, but it is, it, is, uh, it is with time as we study the Word of God and as we practice holiness, holiness must be practiced, that, that, that we, uh, I want to share the story of Pinocchio. Pinocchio uh, became a boy and he was advised by the cricket, Jiminy Cricket. Now you can't go wherever you want to go, especially with these hoodlums. Remember that? And uh, he's listening and all that. And, well, he doesn't know much. He just became a boy. He was, you know. And so he goes, okay. And then he turns around and takes off with the <laughs> You come in, he says, yeah. And so he just takes off. He just says, okay. To, you know, this, is, this is what happens, uh, may happen to us in our young walk with, with God. But as we study and mature, the word of God will keep us by the blood of Jesus Christ being sanctified and set apart and, and practice holiness. How, yes, sir. How would you say we as Christians should practice holiness? That's a good question. Holiness is only as Paul was exposed, uh, sin was exposed to the law. The word of God under the teachings and of, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and by the, by the uh, sanctifying power of his blood. This, we are sanctified instantly by the blood of Jesus, but there is a lot of uh, practice. In other words, you uh, learn from day to day. You grow from grace to grace, and as you grow you are less likely to... I mean, what makes you uh, not go in the places that you used to go? What makes you uh, clean your language? What makes you change your appearance? It's because of the grace of God you have been transformed and your heart now yearns for God and wants to please God. And so... The Word of God, I'd like to say this, Pastor, but uh, the Word of God, Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they're spirit and they're life. When you read the Word of God today, they are not any less than what He said. The word, the, the, I'm talking about the Bible. Pastor? Uh, I'm reading one of the online comments. There are a bunch of but Sister uh, Virginia says that we're too easily swayed by non-Christians on pretext of helping us
we need to do, but our sin nature pulls us the other way. And yeah. so thank God for his grace and to try to live holy and separate and set apart. What did Paul identify as the cause of his shortcomings? I just put down his old Adamic nature. The old Adamic nature until it's crucified and put to death by the blood of Jesus, it will cause you trouble. And later on, I, maybe towards the end of this uh, questionnaire, we, we'd like, uh, I'd like to ask a question of the pastor and see what he thinks about that. Do you think that was uh, under A, under B, do you think he was just trying to avoid his own responsibility? Why or why not? Christianity is and they're going to say I'm a Christian now what and he knows that they're going to say I'm saved they say my life has changed and what do we all do when we first get saved we say everything's going to be perfect things are going to be good and I'm going to be just like like the Stepford Wives and Jimmy Cricket now everything's going to be good and somebody cuts you off on 696 and you realize that there's still somebody left on the inside of there. And, and so he's letting them know that if you become a Christian, you're called to be set apart, but you're human and you're going to have struggles. It's not making an excuse, but it's giving an explanation. So when you see this in you, you don't begin to doubt your salvation because your salvation comes by faith, by grace through faith. And so you can say, okay, Paul's been through this. I'm struggling with this and I should be struggling and not succumbing to it. Amen. That's, that's, you know, it's very, very uh, clear that when you experience that forgiveness from God and, and you have, you know, I believe there's a desire in every single person that God calls uh, and, and, he, and he or she is converted to please God. And this is why we don't, like I said, we don't go places that we used to go. We don't, you know, we... We are transformed by his love. Ex uh, question 10. Examining his own behavior, what conclusion did, did Paul draw about his nature? Short and to the point. Go ahead, brother. Well, uh, he knew, we understood that nothing good. Yeah, come on, yeah, that's it. Right. <laughs> I do what I don't want, what I'm not supposed to do. But God, you know, but for the anointing, but for uh, his presence. Amen. I get excited about the presence of God. Yeah. Moses, uh, the presence of God is precious to me. The presence of the Holy Spirit. Moses, you know, told God, he said, if your presence doesn't go with us, don't take us anywhere. This is the question that, uh, you know, Brother Ernie and I were wondering about. He experienced frustration. He cried out, oh, what a wretched man I am. Under B of question 10, how accurately do you think his conclusion describes him human nature? <laughs> Go ahead, brother. 
not non-righteous, none who seeks understanding. That's what I got written down. As it is written, there's none righteous, not one. There is none that understand. There is none that seek after God. They're all gone astray out of the way. They are uh, to altogether become unprofitable. This is, this is no one that does. There is no one that does good. No, not one. Once again, but God. Thank you, brother. That's good. But God. Thank God that through him and the work on the cross, things can be turned around. Amen. That's what transformation is. Complete turnaround. Yes, sir. Question number 11 in verse 18, what did Paul indicate was missing in his walk of faith? Yes, sir. Uh, Paul indicates uh, there that uh, he has good intentions. Mm -hmm. But the... Uh, the thing he's missing is the is the ability to carry it out, and and, and it's not just Paul; it's all of us. You know, yes. we all have good. All of us want everybody. You know, who calls on the name of Christ, they want to be a good person. They want to be seen as a good person. But unfortunately, you know, you know, we just can't do it a hundred percent. We can get better. We should always strive for yeah. better, brother. That's always. Right. That's what we strive to do. But on this side of glory, we're not going to hit it 100%. Now, chapter 8 uh, uh, brings in, the, you know, a, a much lighter uh, oh, yeah. presentation uh, of our situation. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, our this sinful nature needs to be examined so that we can do some introspection of ourselves you know, on ourselves, so, mm -hmm. uh, so that we can realize what the situation is. Very we good, brother. Yes, yes, but God, amen. In uh, me, Paul said, was no good thing. Total dependency on God. Don't think, or don't ever say to yourself, I got this. 
When you do that, you are glorying before God. And the Bible says, there shall no flesh glory in His presence. You might as well, if you're ready to say that, I got all this, you might as well turn your back to God and say, yeah, I got it. And then you'll find out what it's like to fall flat on your face. Total dependency of God, which he shared with the Philippi church. For it is God that works in you, both to will and to do, after his, goal, his own good pleasure. Jesus demonstrated total dependency to the Father. He says, Without, I do whatever the Father tells me. He totally depended on his Father. With, uh, are we okay with that? Uh, uh, question number 12. With Paul's practical concern in mind, what do you think the primary objective of our personal life Bible study should be? This is from Ephesians 8.10, 1 uh, Peter 2.3. I got three things list listed here that I thought, you know, if we take heed to this, we should be in pretty good shape. Number one, for spiritual growth. 1 Peter 2 to 3. To walk in the light and bear fruit. Number two. And then also, my people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. In other words, studying the word of God. This is the fortification. Uh, when you study the word of God, and as you learn, you are dressing up, uh, like the Bible explains in, in Ephesians, you, you are putting on the armor of God, the helmet of salvation the shield of uh, uh, faith. And you, you, as you study the word of God, you are now totally, you know, step by step dressing yourself to become a soldier of God or at the same time a witness of God. Amen? Romans 17, 19 to 23, Paul struggle and hours. How did Paul inward dilemma this is another question we shared but with brother ernie you know it's 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 a hard question how did paul's inward dilemma manifest outwardly i looked up any kind of help that i and i didn't come up with anything anyone yes brother uh let's let's have brother ernie first go ahead Start that way now. 
the boat's about 50 feet back. And I'm walking on water, I can't do that. And then he starts thinking about where he missed it, things he'd done wrong. And well, naturally, he was going to sink. But his Lord, his Savior, like he'll do for us, reached down there and grabbed him, pulled him up out of that mess that he was in. Amen. The scripture that came to my mind as you were talking about that, it says, looking unto Jesus. There is no other author of faith or begin, the, the author of our faith and the finisher of our faith. It's him. So looking unto Jesus, the author and finish, finisher of our faith, that he who began this good work in us, if we keep trusting in him and study his word, he's able to complete it until that day, whether we go by the rapture or the grave, and be immediately ushered in his presence. Yes, sir. But sin encourages him to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. Who was that by uh, Sister Elizabeth in Virginia? Thank you, Sister Elizabeth. Thank you, Sister Virginia. God bless you. We go on to 14. How would you paraphrase verses 21 and 23? Evil is. Oh. That's my, my uh, answer before I go. Anybody? How would you paraphrase, paraphrase verses 21 and 23, through 23? Yes, sir, go ahead. Paul struggled within the sin that God within it Yes. Anyone else? Uh, Brother Bob, further yes, Paul, Brother Dave. Building on uh, what Lathan just said, uh, there's two laws at work in us. There's God's law, and then there's the law of sin that also works. We want to do good, but evil is always with us. Mm -hmm. And the, we have good intentions, but you know, we just, for some reason, can't carry them out all the time. What his spirit knows is right and pleasing to God and the wickedness that his flesh wants. And I would paraphrase it, I'd say that the Christian life is a challenging struggle. Yeah. And I think we have the inverse sometimes happening in our culture today. It's we try to change the law, the Bible included, to fit the way we want to live. Instead of them struggling, we just try to change what the Bible says so we'll feel good about it. But I'm, a, I'm amazed at how self-aware Paul really is. Think about that. This whole time, the only way he knows this stuff about himself, he stopped, he stopped. You know, I got a bad attitude. I got this. I got that. How often do we all spend most of our time trying to diagnose everybody else's problems? And we never just sit down and say, you know what? I got a problem with anger. I got a problem with gossip. I got a problem with this or with that. 
and it's outside of God's word and compare the word to our life, that would make us better. It would help sanctify us and get us closer to God. It'd still be a tr- struggle, but at least we'd be struggling in it and not sitting in it. When I, ha- when I have something to... Uh, on on my face, like something you know, is bothering me. Or I get, I have a mirror that magnifies. It, it, uh, one side is normal, the other side is like, and 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 then I I could see clearly what's bothering me. You know, sometimes an eyelash, I go like that, and I could actually see the eyelash because the mirror. Like I said, one side is normal, the other side magnifies I don't know how many times. The Word of God is the same way. But to walk before the, uh, the, the mirror, which is the Word of God, and then turn around and... There's got to be something done. You just don't see yourself and go, okay, well, and then walk away. You're forgetting what what, what, you know, you come to, the word of God has pricked your heart and, and now you just, oh, okay. No, you got to deal with it. You got to deal with it. You just don't ignore it. As that, that's what James said, you know, you just can't walk away, ignore it. Because it, it won't go away. Let's see, where were we? That was question 14. Are we satisfied with that, Everybody? Question 15, do you relate in any way to Paul's description? Maybe we should all go like both hands. Yes. (laughs) After I get done reading this. Do you relate in any way to Paul's description of his personal struggle with sin? If so, how? Yes, Brother Ernie. Yes. In serving God, uh, there's a battle of good and evil. The devil wants to take a born-again Christian separated from the body, him or her, and get them out to themselves and remind them what they're really good at, which usually isn't following Jesus. And they like to separate them and get them away from Jesus. And what he wants us to have is reading his word, studying his word, and fellowshipping with brother and sister in the And then Stay in the direction God has for us. I know there can be things in your life. I know of mine, the special forces and all the years of martial arts. You may like to bring that up and say, why don't you go back to that and do some more of that? I said, no, it still hurts. But anyway, that's what he's saying. He wants us to study the Word, have Christian fellowship. Amen. What does that mean? People don't understand the fellowship, uh, the Christian fellowship. Not many do. The Bible says if we have fellowship with one another, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Brother, Pastor, please. Uh, I was just reading the online answers. Uh, yes. Virginia said yes. Almost when you got the question out your mouth. And Elizabeth says yes. My flesh tries to convince me to sinfully pursue things I know displease God. The fight against the flesh is a constant uphill battle. And I think that's I get along with people really good. And I'll tell you the secret of it. The secret of the reason I get along with people so good is I determine in my, 
in my Christian life a long time ago that I have only two enemies in this world. The first enemy is the devil and the second enemy is me. I'm my, worst, my own worst enemy. But if people would realize that he is the accuser of the brother, he is the one that causes division, he is the one that causes strife and bitterness and all these things associated with... with it's, it's, he is the enemy. He is the enemy of, of, of the world, of every human being in the, on this earth. And if you, you know, you, do, you don't regard, this is why we as Christians love and people can't figure it out. Because the world out there, the people is what I'm saying, are not our enemies. Satan is our enemy. And at times, I mean, they, they don't come out with uh, sayings and adages for nothing. I'm my worst enemy. I've said that, and I'm sure all of you have too. Yes. I've always said you can walk as close to God as you want. Whenever they sat down, the Bible said that the, the beloved apostle John leaned on him every time. Uh, you know, you, and, and, and there is no, okay, that's enough. No, there's no restrictions. You can walk as close to God as you want. Pastor, you have something to say? Oh, are you good? That was, uh, we all, in other words, I, I believe we all can relate to Paul. Romans 7, 24 through 25, Jesus, the answer to our struggle and his precious blood. Amen. Who I mean, uh, in, uh, under, under A, question 16, what question did Paul ask? This is in chapter 7, verses 24 to 25. Brother Ernie. Who will set me free from the body of this death? Can you imagine? Who shall deliver me? That's the question, yeah. Brother, pastor? You good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm it's, it's up there. He's just saying, a wretched man that I am. And I'll be honest with you, Brother Bob, I can identify. Um, uh, maybe when you get older, because I haven't gotten older yet, you, you, you stop being that stupid. Uh, but uh, in these ages, wisdom I'm, does come with age. I'll be riding down the road and be like, 
that was stupid. <laughs> you know, and, and, or something like that. And so you, I don't think you ever get past that probably of, God, I wish I could be, be so much better. Uh, I wish you would help me because I got all these issues and I, and I struggle with them day to day, you know? Exactly. I feel you, Pastor. I'm in the same boat with you. I got four against one. <laughs> How did Paul answer this question? His own question. This is, this is, the, this is the spot that I had mentioned. Uh, if I, Pastor, would you, with your permission, would you say that Paul was all rehearsing this of his life at, at one point, and then he experienced sanctification, and now he says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Um, in the context, when he's saying, who will rescue me from this body of, of death, he says, thanks to be to God through our Lord Jesus Christ, then he says, so then I myself, uh, in my mind, am a slave to God's law, but in the sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. In other words, it's gonna, I'm in this for the long haul. There is no where I come in, somebody touch me on the head, and now every time I do something, it's perfect. I'm, when you sign up for Christianity, it's a challenging thing. In other words, I'm going to be struggling with this the rest of my life, but God's going to give me the grace to do it. Uh, like he told Paul later, my grace is sufficient for you. Mm -hmm. You're going to have, in this life, you will have trouble. But I be, take heart. I have overcome the world. And so greater is he that's in me that's in the world. So because of his grace, I don't have to walk in condemnation when I make a mistake. I just have to be cognizant of it. And like I always tell y'all, when you fess up, mess up, fess up, get up, keep moving. Amen. That's why the beginning of... Chapter 8 is so exciting. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are of Christ. Amen. Where, what question were we on? B. How did he answer his song? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Number 17A. What are some of the things people try in order to free themselves from the frustration and defeat that Paul describes in verses 18 to 24. Brother Dave, God bless you, please. New age, transcendental meditation. All kinds of different uh, uh, things to try to cleanse themselves, empty themselves of this, this contrary nature. Find a church with a pastor that says it's okay and you shouldn't just do what you do. And that's what we do, isn't it? Is it not what we do today? We try to find somebody that'll tell us what we want to hear. Yeah. And and we have so many it's a smorgasbord. We have such an option. If you if you broke, you find a prosperity pastor. If you if you living in sin, you find a liberal pastor that says you can do whatever you want to do. And God's gonna love you and you we we can do that. And that's how a lot of people cope. But then some people they do what's called deconstruction when they realize that their faith is not what they thought it was or they signed up for Jesus under false pretenses, which is highly popular now in modern westernized Christianity. 
because we don't really tell people what it really truly takes to follow Christ. And they find out, they start trying to deconstruct their faith, but they're not deconstructing the faith. It's a faith that's been constructed that is not the faith. So they just leave or give up. We, we can go on and on with this question, you know, because it, it, it's asking uh, what are some of the things people try in order to free themselves from the frustration they feel in, inwardly, you know. And they'll, they'll uh, the, the, the sad part is they turn to uh, some drastic things and they get overcome by it, such as alcohol and drugs. Uh, there's some meds out there uh, that are so potent, thousands and thousands of, of, of young people and everything in between die from them. Uh, alcoholism, drugs, this is all a search for a way to satisfy a yearning that's, uh, that, that, as I mentioned in Genesis, uh, Adam and Eve were created to worship God and have fellowship with Him. And by the way, the ultimate goal of the human race is to, be, to worship God and enjoy His presence forever. That is the... And so until a person comes to God, they will turn to these so-called beggarly elements of this world trying to satisfy that longing that's in their heart, in their soul, for God. And they don't ever find it. It's sad. And this is why uh, there must be a, where, uh, a, a stirring within us to truly be witnesses for Christ. Brother? Yeah. It's bad. So I go in here and say, bless me, Father, for our sins. We don't do that, but I give to some charity or pick up a poor cat out of a tree or something to make myself feel better for the stuff I do. That's the flip side of what I just call the beggarly elements of this world, is trying to satisfy yourself by, like the pastor said, trying to do good and then excuse yourself how wonderful you are. And in reality, you're still a lost soul without Christ. Where are we now? Number 18, this is the last question. In your study of the first seven chapters of the book of Romans, what have you learned about Christ's work that could rescue you and others from the struggle to overcome sin. Yes, sir. Please. Turn your heart fully over to God. Amen. Anyone else? salvation and sin 
to people that you're good. Learn to be realistic about who you are and continue to walk with God to try to become better every day. Amen. Amen. Brother Ernie, please. <laughs> I'll tell you what that means. Spiritually, sometimes we go out in the woods and the enemy like to surround us with nine or ten coyotes. Okay. And if we've had time at home and we put ourselves in the Lord where we're supposed to be, those nine coyotes got nothing on us. That's like right. That's right. It's it, the uh, question number 18. Uh, what have you learned about Christ's work that could rescue you and others from the struggle to overcome sin? You know, from the very beginning, uh, there, was, there was the offering that God uh, provided for uh, Adam and Eve. It was, it was the shedding of blood. And I'm thinking about uh, all the uh, rituals of cleansing that the Hebrew children went through uh, uh, practically on a daily, uh, daily to year-round uh, year basis. And you, you would read that, that, that how everything had to be sanctified and cleansed. And this is where the blood of Jesus this is what the blood of Jesus, this is all in an, in an effort to cleanse, the, the cleanse on the inside. But we know what the word said, my favorite scripture, for what the law could not do, that it was weak to the flesh. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh condemned sin in the flesh, that we may be made the righteousness of God and so it, it's, it's, it's dealing with our inside here to be free from the struggle and, and, and to worship God in spirit and the truth, in truth, in spirit and in truth. Uh, thank God that the work. Of, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on the cross. And this is why I uh, went uh, quite a bit into sanctification. This is the will of God, even your sanctification. When you are sanctified by the blood of Jesus, you are a clean vessel and you are set apart for his use. Unfortunately, we understand that in the house of God there are vessels unto honor and unto dishonor. Go ahead, Pastor. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, that was question 18. I want to thank you very much for coming here tonight. I, for one, I, for one, crave the fellowship of the saints. And I have stated before that I come to church for two reasons. 
to worship God and to fellowship with the saints. I love you all. Take care now. Pastor? Amen.